0: all right hi everyone this is anthony diaz with the pop health show and this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in the world and so along those lines i'm really excited and enthused to have my guest on the show today who is sarah rose summers uh so sarah rose summers has made history as the first miss usa from nebraska as miss usa 2018 she spoke out about body shaving during her year and continues to use her social platforms to make a difference uh, her Instagram handle is Sarah Rose Summers and we'll spell it again at the end, but it's uh, Sarah with an H, Rose Summers on Instagram. But most importantly, Sarah, I don't want to steal your thunder. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for what you're doing. I mean, I've listened to a few of your episodes and I just think the world of what y'all are doing and I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And, and you know, our, our goal is to get the most passionate people on our show just to talk about you know how they're making a difference in the world why they're making a difference and uh just to talk about well-being and you know along those lines i would love to hear though teleport us back teleport me back to where it all started where where did where did your origins begin you know and, and just tell us about your journey in well-being
1: absolutely so much like most of our society i was raised in the diet culture that we see today uh, i was raised my mom was overweight my dad was just normal healthy guy and very fortunate my parents are sweet and together and have that beautiful love for each other that i was able to see but i did have to watch my mom struggle with her weight pretty much my entire life. My brother's five years older than me and she was determined to lose weight for his graduation. So I was going into junior high at the time and I watched her just for years, you know, the yo-yo diets. Oh, let's try this one with the prepped meals. Let's try this one where I go in and get weighed every so often and everything. And, um, it was a huge blessing. It, one of them finally clipped for her because she was considering actually having, I think, what was it? Gastric bypass surgery. Um, and did not make that leap because something finally just switched in her brain and she learned healthy eating and it wasn't any sort of rigid, contextual prepped meals, nothing. And she lost 75 pounds and that was over a healthy amount of time. And so wow. being able to see that and see her, I remember... I was so young. I went shopping with her and everything. And she was trying on new clothes and she tried on a new size for the first time and just broke down in the dressing room. And so it was neat to be able to see that breakthrough for her. But looking back, I mean, as a child, I learned about the struggles of weight on society and the hardships of yo-yo dieting and how that's not good, not only for your body, but for your mind and for your mental and self-image. And so Um, that was kind of where my passion started for health and fitness. And then, like you mentioned, I was miss USA. So training for a pageant is essentially training to be the best version of you. And I had competed as a junior in high school for Miss Teen USA. And this is back when the teens did still compete swimsuits. So they don't anymore. The teens do fitness competition now, which is wonderful. But back then, uh, I was Nebraska Teen USA in 2012. And I was given a sponsor, a nutrition sponsor. And I could still recite to you a majority of what I was told to eat every day, Mm -hmm. because I viewed it as very black and white and I didn't see the gray. I was a teenager. I was given this sponsor and said, if you want to be Miss Teen USA, this is what you follow. And so it was very rigid to the point of it was obsessed and not just dedicated. Um, If I ate like 15 instead of 12 almonds, I would lay awake at night thinking about it. And so I knew that- One of my dreams long-term was to compete at Miss USA as Miss Nebraska. My dream was never even, I mean, I had never even spoken the dream of winning Miss USA into existence. Nebraska had never made top five. It wasn't a realistic dream by any means. So my goal was to compete at Miss USA, but I knew that I wanted to wait to do so until I was in a healthy place with food and fitness and could genuinely be a realistic example for young women. And so that's what I did, I waited. Um, I didn't compete my first few years of college because you know you're in college and you're socializing and you're eating and you're drinking and you're doing all the things and I wanted to be able to fully embrace those years. And so when I did compete, I I never um, deprived myself when I wanted sweets. I never um, was on some sort of strict black and white you know spreadsheet diet because I wanted to be that realistic example of a genuine lifestyle and that's what i did and so i'm really grateful that following through with that goal actually Mm -hmm. happened and landed me as miss usa so it worked Uh, out
0: (laughs) congratulations i mean that's that's phenomenal and obviously just you know setting that record for nebraska and representing nebraska is just phenomenal i I, i'm curious on you know in that process what have you learned What what is it seems like it's it's shaped your ethos right and you know good and see also you know from your family uh this process what what is the difference that makes a difference with with nutrition and well-being that that you know allowed you to strike that that bliss and that joy um you know and and that balance and so for our listeners out there what are a few things and don't give all your secrets secrets (laughs) right but just love to hear about your philosophy and what what is that balance you know like
1: absolutely what should
0: people how should we, people be thinking about food nutrition and just love to listen to uh your philosophy on on eating and, and uh, diet nutrition yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i think it can always ebb and flow and change with the seasons of life right like when i was living in new york city i'm not a huge foodie but i kind of became one because when you're living in new york city why why not try all the things and Uh, learn about different potential food genres and cultures. And um, so I do think that the mentality of food can change in seasons. Um, You know, as a woman, one day, if in God willing, I am able to bear a child, like that will change, right? My nutrients will need to change. But right now I am 26 years old, married. Um, I fuel my body in order to have the energy that I need. I don't deprive myself of things. I'm not afraid of, of going out with some girlfriends and, and enjoying the queso, we're living here in Texas now. So, um, and I think that's what's most important is not having food and fear at all related. Uh-huh. Um, I went to Texas Christian University.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: one thing that a lot of people don't know, and I, I wanna preface, I'm not sure that this statistic is still accurate, but three years ago it was. Mm-hmm. TCU was one of the top private schools in the nation for eating disorders,
0: mm-hmm. wow.
1: which was just mind blowing. I had grown up in pageant culture, right? But I had never seen eating disorders and the variety and the use of laxatives and the way that I did until I got to college. Wow. Um, and so seeing firsthand, not only my mother's struggle with being overweight and trying to lose in a variety of ways, but also seeing friends and peers deprive themselves of the fuel or excessively work out to the point that it was obsessive and not healthy um, was eye-opening. And Mm -hmm. as someone who I graduated with a degree in child development and worked in children's hospitals before becoming Miss USA, so. I went in and saw children who are struggling with all these illnesses, but then also on the outside, girlfriends at school, killing their body slowly. Mm -hmm. Eating disorders are one of the number one uh, fatal mental illnesses in our country, because truly, if you don't feel your body, it will stop, Yeah, Um, which is just so sad to think of, but That's, that's truly, you said, don't spill all your secrets, but truly those are, that's the truth for me. I, I'm not, I'm not a vegan. I don't count my macros. I know so many girls reach out in, in terms of, Hey, what's your advice for swimsuit for Miss USA. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know what? I was my best self on that stage, Mm -hmm. but fun fact, we competed in the South at Miss USA and I left Miss USA. You're there for about two weeks. You're involved in the community you have these rehearsals for the live telecast etc prelims interview that's not on tv and so we competed in the south and i left just a little bit more prepared physically i was okay with you know a little bloating a little this a little that over the two weeks i was ready for that to happen because uh-huh. i didn't want to have to only eat bars all week, I wanted to be able to eat the meals that they fed us and have the cobblers in the south and all of that jazz. So um, I I think my my insight would be, if there's ever a relationship between fear and food, that's mm-hmm. when you know that it's okay to seek help. Um, I'm yeah. not a professional, but I, yeah. I'm all for finding that for yourself. And I know some girls and and, and men who Prefer to have kind of that rigid schedule, and prefer to have that set diet of counting the macros, and that's what works for them. But that's not that's not good for me and my yeah. mental health. Yeah. I need that flexibility there.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because there's so many different like diets, but it's it, what I always when I talk to people like yourself, it's the com the most common thread is it's more about a mindset and a philosophy and Mm -hmm. setting healthy boundary lines as opposed to being extremely literal. Um, You know, our minds don't really think in terms of numbers the way that it should, you know, guard its body, right? There's a a little balance there. Um, Sarah, let me ask you, when it comes to someone that may be struggling with an eating disorder, um, I know you're not a professional, but what would you, What's it feels like it's chicken and the egg, right? Like you talked about fear, there's potentially a little bit of a a shame component to get help. Mm but what's like a one, two, three step that, you know, you have seen work for people. Um, is it going to a certain type of professional, you know, there's stigmatizations to, uh, typically also, I know in the South too, like going to like a mental health person first or going to a diet specialist first, it it, it seems kind of complex, but any like one, two, three steps for someone that maybe um, you know, going down that path where they know that they have an eating disorder or something in process.
1: Well, first and foremost, I would, if in person, I would hug them because, yeah, that step of acknowledging that you are struggling is the most difficult, yeah. right? Yeah. Typically people that are struggling with it aren't who come and seek help, which is sad. It's oftentimes the bystander, the friends that say, Hey, she's not coming out with us anymore, or she's wearing clothes that are too big, or she goes to the gym at exactly this time every day. And if she doesn't, she's not well. Um, And that's, what's the most difficult, right? Pardon me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what's the most difficult is when they don't know that they're struggling yet because it is A mental health issue and if that person doesn't admit and acknowledge that they are having a hard time they think this is their normal they are in denial they think they're healthy that's the hardest um I know someone who was an obsessive worker outer and was orthorexic which means she only ate things that she deemed healthy so whatever that might be that's what she put in that box and ate um and she was in denial definitely lost some friends during that season for sure and her light bulb moment was when she went to the doctor for something else and they took her vitals and everything and they said hey if you could literally go to sleep tonight and not wake up tomorrow um and so we need to get you that inpatient help and it's different for everyone for her she needed to be told by a a physical family doctor um and then had that inpatient care because that's just how far her body had deteriorated from Mm -hmm. the marathons and from not fueling it accurately for the exercise levels that she was doing um but in terms of if someone came to me and they already acknowledged they were struggling i would tell them they are loved i would tell them that um no matter what the root of it is maybe it's you know super interesting, when I was a child life specialist working in children's hospitals, we saw, I had a six-year-old male inpatient for eating disorders. Wow. His obviously didn't stem from Mm self-image, it stemmed from texture aversions. Oh, So it's just fascinating. There's there's so many different types of eating disorders and root causes, and so it's so hard for me to sit here and tell you, you know, these are the three steps for everybody. but I would definitely, if they say are in college, I would absolutely take advantage of the free counseling services that yeah. your campus might offer. Go check it out. They will refer you to specific dietitians, whatever that may be that you need. And, and then employing, too, your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So if you finally are in a place where you know that you're having a hard time and you know that you're struggling, talk to that group of friends around you. Tell them what your your ticks are or um your what is the word i'm looking for Um, triggers yes your triggers thank you tell them what your triggers are tell them that these sort of settings aren't good for you and so please just don't invite you or let's not do those things right now while you're working through this and having that open relationship with that group of friends is so necessary and then also, I know there's probably going to be some listeners thinking, oh my goodness, well, I don't have friends that I feel comfortable talking about these mm-hmm. things with, and that's okay. Um, I would encourage you to find some sort of mentor, get involved in with that counseling service, have calls with your family, whatever that may be. You really don't need a ton of people. You just need a couple quality people. And But it's so important to have that community around you cheering you on as you're facing something like this.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, Sarah. Well, no, thank you so much for that playbook. This is good. You know, hopefully, you know, I always try and walk, tee uh, up each episode that you know the core of it is is always a good sustainable kind of like evergreen uh, playbook for people that may be struggling with the issue. Yeah. You know, at hand. So, that thank you for that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And then one last thing too that um, when I was Miss USA, I spoke on the prevalence of eating disorders and triggers and things to do so that you set yourself up for success. And this always cracked me up when i'd be looking out into the audience and you'd see the light bulb moment you know what i mean the girls in the audience would be like oh that is a good idea (laughs) Um, i would always tell them action steps at the end one action step is go through who you follow on social media and if that person makes you feel ill about yourself when you see their posts even if it's me yeah even if you guys are Uh, following me and i make you feel this is never my intent negative about yourself. You question your own worth. You question whatever that is. Unfollow that person. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Unfollow them. Say it's a friend of yours and you don't want to unfollow them because you don't want to deal with any of that drama. First of all, it's so unnecessary. You can yeah. mute. Instagram does a lot of things wrong, but they do have a mute feature, which is great. So nice. don't be afraid to utilize those tools in order to protect yourself.
0: Love it. I love it. No, thank you so much, Sarah. And Um, What I, what I love also is that, you know, you focus uh, a lot on diet and belief and, you know, the sense of love and it. That's, I think that's really important. I I think that goes into kind of your, your background Uh, also, um, you know, you can tell you have a strong spiritual component to what, what you're, what you're mentioning and your message. Tell me where um, you'd like to take your brand and where it's going. I know you have a podcast, there's a variety of lifestyle um, uh, things that you're working on, um, but just. Love to maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about some of the things you're continue, you're working on right now, what you're working on in the future, where you see your brand and your messaging grow going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're so sweet. Yes, my podcast is called More Than a Crown. I launched it right after crowning the next Miss USA and have been on quite a hiatus during COVID. And you know, my husband and I up and moved from the heat of New York City in the trenches of the pandemic and passing the morgue trucks to living with my parents in nebraska his in-laws for months on end and now living in texas and during that time it forced me to stop going a million miles an hour to finally going like zero and i sorted through what my year as Miss USA was, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And I wasn't in a mental space to be on my podcast and be trying to motivate and encourage others because I wasn't there. Mm. And so I'm really so excited to be bringing it back um, because I'm in a place where I can speak about that. I can speak about that journey. And that's something that so many people can relate to right now, especially looking back at this last, I say year, now it's been like a year and a half of changing plans and grieving closed doors and all of that. So my podcast is called More Than a Crown because at the end of the day, I was Miss USA at just 24 years old. And there's so much more life to live and accomplishing that goal. Like I said, that I never even knew was a goal of mine. Like that was the peak of all, right? Yeah. Um, That can't be the end all be all of my life. I do not want to pigeonhole myself into that pageant land. So I'm more than that one amazing dream come true. I'm more than my worst mistakes during that year. I'm more than leaving on a hiatus, my podcast, I should've said a <laughs> goodbye episode, but you know, like we said already, when you're struggling, you don't even know you're struggling. So I didn't even put out a goodbye episode. I just straight up left. So i are more, we're more than our greatest successes and our biggest failures. And that is my brand. And that's that's my truth. And that's what I'm really excited to carry into this next season. I loved my opportunities speaking as Miss USA and thereafter. And obviously a lot of those went virtual during COVID, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of those doors are opening back up again. So hopefully that's where you'll be seeing me as speaking on things of this nature and truly more so that brand of we're more than whatever identities and labels people put on us. At the end of the day, you're more than that test score. You're more than that number on the scale. Um, And that's what's just so important. And it's truly a universal message depending on anybody can listen to that. So that's where you'll see me and you'll see that also on my social media too. So really grateful for you guys following along.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, Sarah. Well, well, thank you so much definitely for the brand and you have a powerful, you you established a powerful platform best is yet to come and you have a powerful message that that platform can now spring into so many other things and so such a blessing what you're doing and uh, the difference you. that you're making other people something so common uh you know for not just women but for everyone for men and everyone that you know their relationship with with food and and dieting it's it's such a key thing and just been so many stigmatizations around it but you're really uh, unpacking it very well for people and uh i really appreciate uh you and your brand and your your message are there any other ways? Before uh, my very last question for you, are there any other ways for people to get a hold of you other than your website, your podcast, Instagram, any other um, outlets or um, ways to get in touch with you or connect with you? For yes,
1: absolutely. So, should you have any follow up questions, or you're like, oh my goodness, Sarah Rose, we need you to speak at this upcoming event for our company. My email is bookings b o o i k b o o k i n g s at so s o sarah and um, that is on my website that is little clickable link through my instagram channel so all of that would probably just be easier than trying for me to spell it out but i'm really excited to connect with you guys and thankful for this outlet in order to to form these new relationships
0: awesome awesome well thank you so much sarah rose this was a, a powerful episode thank you so much for your time Thank and you. Uh, to uh, to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Uh, Sarah Rose, thank you so much again. This was this was awesome.
1: Thank you for all you're doing.
0: Absolutely, thank you.